thing we have to fear is fear itself. Ask not what your country... The command of the Constitution is... Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Read my lips. Longest period of economic growth in our entire history. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. What we've already achieved gives us hope for what we can and must achieve tomorrow. And we will make... America great again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. This is Brent Ford with Benefit Resource Partners. I am taking a little time out of my week to discuss the um, upcoming early out that's been offered for the Postal Service. I think that it implores us just to take a little bit of a look for everybody at if this is the right decision to be making or um, if we're maybe jumping the gun on our retirement a little bit. Uh, So we're going to spend just maybe five or ten minutes this morning kind of running through what the details of the early out are, uh, what some of the benefits would be for you, uh, and then also what some of the pitfalls or disadvantages would be for the people that are looking at taking this as a um, career choice. Again, what the post office did, uh, and it got released on the 8th of January, so we're almost a month into it, uh, is they offered a voluntary early retirement uh, for any of their uh, employees that met certain criteria. Now, in order to retire from the federal government, you have to meet a certain threshold or a certain age and years of service category in order to uh, properly retire without having any penalties. Typically, what we're looking at is a minimum retirement age of somewhere in the range of 56 to 62, depending on your years of service and your birth date. And then you either have to have 30 years of service at 56, 20 years of service at 60, or five years of service at 62. So all those categories kind of fall into what we would call just a voluntary retirement where a person just wants to walk out the door and and stop working just in a normal basis. So what the post office did as kind of a cost-saving measure, and I think we're kind of bumping into this in a more frequent basis as we start looking at the postal budget every year, is they started looking at ways that they could get their employees out of the system uh, that maybe are just holding on to try and increase their TSPs a little bit to work a really nice job for the last few years, whatever the circumstance may be. So this early incentive that's been offered is a way, it's kind of a motivation to get people to leave the system to either make room for younger, cheaper people or to remove the, the positions altogether. In my career working with federal employees that spanned about the last 10 years, uh, we've had two of these early out incentives offered in the past. Most of the time, what I've seen, at least with my experience, is these early out incentives come with some cash. You know, So there's a cash incentive along with some of the other perks of the voluntary retirement. Um, this particular one that was offered came as quite a surprise to us. Typically, the way that it's happened in the past is these early outs are usually offered in about October. With this one in particular, we didn't think that it was going to happen for postal employees this year, just for the fact that October's kind of came and went. This one came in January. The big reason that we saw it come in January instead of the normal date of October is there's no cash incentive for this early retirement. So you have to be Uh, able to retire on your own without any additional help from the Postal Service or from the federal government in the terms of uh, money 
And for most people, they're having a tough time kind of reaching the number unless they were kind of already planning on going anyways. So let's run really quick through the eligibility standards and kind of show you some of the good parts and some of the bad parts with it. Both um, FERS and SERS employees are eligible to leave if they're at least 50 years old and they have 20 years of service in or if they're any age and have at least 25 years of service in. So both of those things um, are big differences, again, from traditional eligibility for retirement. Just remember, you know, if we were 50 years old, there would have been no mechanism for us to retire from the federal government without a penalty unless we would take this voluntary early retirement. And even if we had 25 years in still, uh, we'd have to be over age 60 in order to retire with just 25 years in. So that's a big benefit that um, we see for some people uh, in the postal arena is that this may allow some people that were uh, maybe contemplating retirement, that were pretty close to retirement, perhaps going through a disability retirement that they were or weren't sure if they were going to get. This would give you the ability to walk out of the door of the Postal Service without receiving a penalty for lack of years of service or lack of age. And keep in mind that penalty can be substantial. That penalty is 5% per year early. You know, so just to paint the picture, if you were 56 and you only had 20 years of service, you would be subjected to a 20% penalty if you decided to walk out of the federal government because you would be walking out four years earlier than you're eligible. So big deal. The waiver of that penalty for federal employees is going to make a really, really big dramatic difference in your retirement long term. There's some caveats that we have to keep in mind. And there's two really big ones uh, that we're seeing kind of on a consistent basis. The first one is the first supplement. So the first supplement is the bridge payment that federal employees get that are in the first system from the date that they retire up until age 62. So for a traditional retirement, this is meant to float you from your minimum retirement age of 56 all the way up to 62. Or you do see some people at age 60 that are going to use this first supplement up until their social security age of 62. Now this is a big deal and there's a lot of um, questions about what this first supplement looks like, who it's eligible for. The big thing to understand with this particular early out that was offered in 2018 is this first supplement you will get, you're eligible for it, but it will not start until your minimum retirement age. Okay, so if your minimum retirement age is 56 and you're 52 right now, you will still get the supplement, but that supplement payment will not start until you're 56. So it's a very big deal. Uh, I think when we look at what exactly you're going to be living on in retirement, if this supplement is going to be a gap, if you're not going to get it, that might mean that you have to get a part-time job when you leave the Postal Service. You might have to rely a little bit more on your TSP than you were probably planning on. So big indication. If you're over 56, then there's no worries here. You can go ahead and take that first supplement. It's going to be given to you automatically when your pension's fully computed and everything will be right in your world. So it's just, again, for those people that are retiring prior to their minimum retirement age of, you know, and that ranges anywhere from 55 to 57, depending on your birthday. So just an indicator that first supplement is meant to be a third of your retirement when you do retire. So uh, if you're eligible, if you're able and you've kind of constructed your financial life in a manner that you can live on two out of the three paychecks that you're supposed to get as a federal employee, then this early retirement may be a perfect thing for you. 
Um, I just met a gentleman this last week and he had a side business that he's been doing for years. So monthly income really wasn't a problem. He His body was just getting to the point where it was breaking down a little bit. He couldn't physically work at the post office anymore for the demands that it was putting on him. He's got a way to live on two out of the three income streams in retirement instead of um, needing all three. So, so for you, the people that are considering looking at this voluntary early retirement, make sure you have more than a rough idea before you pull the trigger. Last thing that we want to talk about, and then we'll just kind of give it a, a quick wrap after this. The last thing that we want to talk about is your TSP. So there are some rules and restrictions that exist in every federal employee's TSP, voluntary early retirement or not. So with federal employees, because a lot of federal employees end up retiring prior to age 59 and a half, you have it built directly into the legislation that created TSP. So that allows you to take payments out of your TSP once you hit age 55. So for most federal employees, that's never going to be an issue. However, with this early retirement, an issue starts to arise, and the issue being that they're not changing any of those rules on TSP. So what I've seen from the calls that we've gotten and the, the interest that has been expressed with this early retirement, we've seen a lot of people that are 51 or 52, 53, that are looking at exercising the incentive. Well, for those people, there's going to be very limited access to their TSP, if any access at all. So uh, through, especially through the TSP system. So if you're 51 or 52, it might force your hand on what type of investment decision that you need to make with your TSP. There's only maybe one payment option that we can get through TSP that allow you to take payments out of it. And beneficiary access is gonna be a little slim in that option. You may be forced if you do decide to exercise this voluntary early retirement to go to an IRA and employ a rule. It's called Section 72T, which allows for equal and substantial payments as long as they're spaced out for either five years or for until you're 59 and a half, whichever one is longer. So those are kind of the two uh, big caveats that I would say with this early retirement where it's not as clear cut as some of them have been in the past. You know, some of the previous ones, you got some, some cash in your pocket for walking out the door. You still got your first supplement and your TSP was accessible. In this particular circumstance, again, in our opinion, you want to have a really detailed outlook on what your monthly income is going to be, have some objective kind of analysis of what your expenses are, and then just see what other irons you have in the fire as far as employment goes. Uh, if, if your intention was to walk out of the post office because you just don't want to be there anymore, you can't stay in the job, but you were working there trying to get your pension, hey, this creates a beautiful opportunity for you to, to exercise and to, to do kind of what you want. But long-term, this could have some dramatic effects. So you just want to be cognizant, aware, and make sure you're making a responsible choice before you do it. As always, you know, with Benefit Resource Partners, this is the area that we specialize in. We spend 100% of our time in the federal government. I personally have retired almost 1,000 people from the federal government. So if you're looking to get a very good idea of where your retirement is sitting, please reach out to us. Brent at your 
brp.com. Again, that's Brent at yourbrp.com. The BRP stands for Benefit Resource Partners. So hopefully this information came uh, with some value. We left it for a little bit. We wanted to make sure that we had all of the information and we could kind of run some case studies to see who this was really going to affect before we started dripping information out to the public. But if you're planning on looking at doing this particular incentive, jump in front of it because the cutoff ends on March 23rd. All right, so have a wonderful day. I will talk with you all very soon. This information is designed to provide general information on the subjects covered. It is not, however, intended to provide specific legal or tax advice and cannot be used to avoid tax penalties or promote, market, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. Please note that Benefit Resource Partners and its affiliates do not give legal or tax advice. You are encouraged to consult your tax advisor or attorney.